Hey everyone, welcome back to the Coffee and Convos podcast where the best conversations with artists, entrepreneurs, and everyone in between happen over coffee. I'm your host, Alyssa, and I'm so excited because we are still celebrating Women's History Month. And though it is March 30th, we're still celebrating women, having amazing conversations with women in our community. And we had to, of course, share our film project, empowerment project with you all, which is on IGTV, YouTube. YouTube, Facebook, and on our website. So be sure to join in on the conversation there. Use the hashtag Empowerment Project so we could see it and also share it. And I'm so excited to dive into today's episode. But before we do, I did want to express how important it is for everyone to stay at home. Here in California, we're in a shelter in place order, which means stay at home as much as possible. Yes, it is okay to leave your house and to take a walk outside, but please practice social distancing. It's been very apparent that COVID-19 has taken over and this outbreak has affected all of our lives in one way or another. And though we're living in this uncertainty, I have to be completely honest and share with you all that It's been really, really difficult, not just for me, but everyone else in this community feeling it. And, you know, for me to feel as though I had no idea what to do, because obviously our business is in a state of flux right now. There's so much up in the air, right? But I do encourage you all to be present with yourself, to take this time to reflect, reimagine, and just really, really dive deep into your inner work. I think it's so important now more than ever, since we do have the time to work on ourselves so that we come out of this stronger than ever. So in today's episode, we're chatting with Femi Olafi Omakbane, a San Diego-based blogger, speaker, and self-love activist. In this episode, we chat about self-love and embracing our bodies, challenging the social construct of racism, navigating the uncertainty as an entrepreneur during this coronavirus outbreak, and why surrender is so, so powerful. So I encourage you all to grab your coffee or your favorite way to keep yourself fueled for the day. And let's get this conversation started. Hey, Femi, thank you so much for being here. Hi, Alyssa. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm so excited. I'm glad that we're able to share space today and stay cozy because it's raining out right now. Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But Femi, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your story? Sure. Um, So my name is Femi Olafioye Amagbe. I am a speaker and a blogger and a a self-love activist is the name that I I made up, (laughs) but it's accurate. Um, And I'm focused on increasing the visibility of black women in the space um, and the representation for black women in the space. I grew up in Southern California, San Diego, um, just not seeing myself really represented anywhere. And after seeing what that did to my self-esteem, namely developing internalized racism, I wanted to create a business that was focused on sharing my own story in a way that was transparent, honest, and at times humorous, because life is humorous um, Mm -hmm. and insane. And um, just kind of like share my story so that I can encourage other black women and other people on their self-love journeys as well. 
Oh, I absolutely love that. Mm-hmm. And you also have a podcast of your own. I do. The Femio Podcast, yes, which yes, has yes. so many really fun episodes. Mm-hmm. I just listened to your recent one about making a home gosh, of your body. Making a home <laughs> of your I'm like making a body of your home. I, and then like, yeah. <laughs> I really struggled with that title. I was like really? coming home to your body, making homes out of your body. Like it was <laughs> it was a lot. So yeah, I get it. <laughs> um, but tell us a little bit more about that as well. I mm-hmm. feel like that's a great platform for you to share share your story and also your own experiences, which is so beautiful because mm-hmm. you're able to just like really bring out more information and also give like actionable tips to people on like how they could infuse self-love into their routines or really like challenge themselves. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Wait, do you want me to tell you about the podcast or about the episode? Or all of the things. Everything. All of the things. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Um, So yeah, so I started the podcast. I mean, like, people have been telling me to record a podcast for literally years. Like, before I had a business, before I even knew that I had a message, anything like that, like, people were just like, we need a podcast from you. Um, And so I, like, started my business in the beginning of 2018, like, worked through all these, like, processes going through that. Um, which I'm sure we'll talk about, but, um, finally was like, you know what? I think it's about time to start my podcast. I feel like I have my business together. I have my message together. I know what, what position I'm coming from and I know what I want to say. Um, and so yeah, started the podcast and it has felt so aligned. Like I, I love, it's weird because people are like, I hate the sound of my voice. And like, (laughs) I get that. I was there too. But after doing so many recordings, I'm just like, no, this feels comfortable. This feels good. Like when Mm -hmm. I sit down to a microphone, it feels good. Um, And so like, yeah. And I've just got, I've gotten good feedback from it. You know what I mean? Like it just, it just makes sense for the way that I uh, disseminate information, I guess, because I like to talk, <laughs> like, you know, and I, I like the, I was, I mentioned, I sound, like the sound of my own voice. So, um, yeah, like it just makes sense to be able to sit down and like have a conversation that way, either with myself or with someone else. Um, and then the last episode that I did making, making a home for your body or make I don't remember what it was called y'all. I'm so sorry. Um, but it just came out this past Tuesday, yesterday. And that came out of, um, I've been following an organization called the body, a home for love on Instagram for a few years now. And, um, for a while now, I don't know what time is. And, um, it's created by this woman named Dion Ivory who developed this organization as a way to create, new conversation around how to help black women who have suffered from sexual trauma heal Mm -hmm. themselves, like come back into their bodies. And so I went to this like gorgeous um, event put on in LA by that organization. It was called my body, my home. Um, It was kind of their like entrance, you know, their like debut into the scene. Um, And it was just so inspirational to be there with like so many gorgeous black women um, talking about the history of like black women's bodies, how we've been treated here in this country. Um, And it was, it made me start thinking about like my own journey back into my body and what that looks like and like how I went through that process. And so I was like, I think I want to talk about that because I think, as I mentioned in the podcast, like we take our bodies for granted, a lot of us, mm-hmm. um, especially in the West, especially in America, especially women. Um, 
we just expect we're just we just expect that they will do their job and we don't really thank them for that you know what I mean yeah. instead we tear them down for not being like toned enough or being tight enough or small enough or tall enough or whatever it is you know and um yeah so I was like I want I want to have a conversation where we like really sit down and talk about like what does it look like to come back into the body to make our body safe for ourselves because we haven't been taught really how to do that you know mm -hmm. um so yeah <laughs> no that's great and mm -hmm. I love that you find inspiration from your personal experiences mm -hmm. and you make it very personal and you share fun tips like yeah take take photos of yourself take naked nudes, yes. yeah like, girl. it helps yeah <laughs> and to have that type of confidence I'd love to hear how you got to this point because as you mentioned in the past or just fairly recently that yeah. you experienced internal racism mm -hmm. and I can't even imagine like how that felt mm -hmm. for you I have my own story that's I'm sure very different, but mm -hmm. we have like similar, but also similar yeah. mm, experiences, but, um, I'd love to hear your experience of how you found like so much confidence in, in yourself now, mm -hmm. given your past. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I mean, like I will say, I feel like internalized racism is something that everyone deals with. Um, for white people, it's not internalized. It's just regular racism because like, <laughs> because like that's how racism works, right? It's a structure right. of advantages and disadvantages. And like, if you're of lighter skin or white, like you get the advantages. If you're not, you would get the disadvantages. Um, but we're all taught the same story, which is that darker skin is worse, you know, mm -hmm. or like some version of that, you know? And so if you have darker skin, um, whether you're brown or black or even like Asian, like there's going to be some level of internalized racism because you were taught racism the way that we were all taught racism. Um, and so like for me coming from a place of like actively, actively practicing that internalized racism, like actively hating myself, actively berating myself every day, like, um, actively trying to make people forget I was black, make myself forget I was black, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you know, like doing anything that I could to hide this. Um, the turning point for me was when I'm trying to think, cause there were, there were two big things. Um, mm -hmm. I think the first one was when, um, Mar Michael Brown was killed mm. and it was essentially, it was kind of like a one, two punch for me, like where it was like, Trayvon Martin was murdered first and that I remember was the first murder that I had heard of in like recent history in my life um that was unfair that was like something about this feels off like I don't know what it is because at that time it was still 2012 I was still like kind of steeped in this internalized racism space so I was like I don't really know what feels wrong about this but something doesn't feel right and then when Michael Brown was murdered I was like okay, like this is what's happening. Like this mm. is when I started to learn about racism as a structure, not just individual acts committed by Klansmen or something that we cured with Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech or Rosa Parks sitting on a bus. Um, and when that happened I, and I started to learn about this, I was like, okay, if I am going to be the enemy of my own society because I am black and a woman, I will not be my own enemy. Like, mm -hmm. I just, I refuse, you know? And I, I don't know what that was. Like, I, I do think that there's a turning point for all of us where we just decide, like, enough is enough, you right. know? And, like, we can't keep living this way anymore. And I'm so grateful for whatever that is um, that sparks in us. 
um, towards self-preservation. But that's what it was for me. It was like, I have to love myself because they're out here killing me. You know what I mean? Like that, like flat out, like that's like what it is. Like, and so, um, I'm going to, I'm going to radically love myself. And so that became the process and like the practice. And I think that came out in like several ways too, when I realized even, well, I'm getting into a different story. Should I oh, no, <laughs> that's keep fine. going? Keep okay. Going. Yeah. Um, well, I was just thinking about like the, the second turn kind of for me was, um, realizing like who I was attracted to. Cause all my life I had been attracted to white men. Mm-hmm. Um, and like kind of the <laughs> been on the, on the page of like, if you don't have blue eyes, like I'm not even looking at you. Like I don't even care, you know, like, and I thought again, that it was a preference that it was like, you know, I just happened to be into blondes. I just happened to whatever. And like, yeah, I grew up in La Jolla. So like there were more of them there. Um, but I was reading a book called how to get a date we're keeping from, uh, Dr. Henry cloud, I think it was. And he was talking to married couples about like, how did you do it? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. how did you know? How did you get this done? And they were all talking about how, you know, you never marry who you expect. You never marry who you expect. And that phrase had always given me like anxiety. And I didn't realize why until I was reading that book. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, what if I marry a black man? Or what if I marry a Mexican man? Or what if I marry an Asian man? Mm. And I realized that there was like legitimate panic in myself wow. for not at the thought of not marrying a white man. And so I freaked out. I went to my therapist and I was like, Hey, what the hell? Like, what the fuck is this? And she was like, she was like, well, what does it mean to you to marry a white man? Mm. And I, and I thought about it, did some journaling and realized that it was still me trying to like marry out of my blackness that like somehow if a man of color thought that I was worthy, thought that I was beautiful, thought that I was intelligent, like all these things, um, didn't it didn't matter it didn't register to me but if a white man did then it then it did matter then I was finally beautiful I was worthy Mm. I was worth something Mm -hmm. um I think I was also trying to like kind of give my children a leg up you know what I mean like to have them at least be lighter skinned have looser curls like whatever um just again all of this like me trying to marry out of my blackness and so when I realized that that was like another thing where I was like no, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like I was like, I, this is, this is ugly. This is terrible. I will not do this. Um, and then also around this time is when, uh, Donald Trump was elected mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was elected by like 70 something percent, like white men or something or 70 something percent of white men voted for him. And I was like, okay, cool. I think I'm done. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I think, I think this is my exit. Yeah. Um, and so like that also helps in the process of like undoing that, but it was just, it was just all of this is just a process of me again, like coming back to myself, recognizing my own reflection in black men and specifically, um, and loving that and like loving, loving them as a part of loving myself mm-hmm. and not like being exclusively, like I only date black men now, like it's open, but just being aware of like the power dynamics that go into even like who you're attracted to, right. you know, and how yeah. that is a reflection of yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That is, no, that's so powerful. And um, speaking on that, like Mm -hmm. in Filipino culture, it's really interesting because our, you know, they they migrated here Mm -hmm. and they want to give us a better life. And like, at least for when I was growing up, 
<laughs> not recently, thankfully, mm-hmm. but like when I was growing up, my parents would always encourage me, marry a white guy who's mm-hmm. in the Navy mm-hmm. or marry a white guy who's a doctor, marry mm-hmm. a white guy. And I was like, yeah. but you know, I never <laughs> understood. We? Yeah. I never understood it until like fairly recently to be like, I get it. I understand why, mm-hmm. because again, kind of like what you said, you know, they want to instill that like less of a struggle yes yeah so it's that, like bettering you're like right. i've heard of it also termed as like purifying the bloodline which is awful oh, it's like no. disgusting yeah. it's like you know what Whoa. i mean yeah <laughs> right? that really hit but mm-hmm. um yeah i've heard of i've heard of that too like in like latinx cultures and then also even in like black cultures too and like caribbean cultures and stuff wow. as well so yeah anyway Gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Super gross. <laughs> <laughs> well, mm-hmm. let's kind of take a step back because mm-hmm. I feel like I kind of just jumped into all of this. Oh, but yeah. I'd love to hear more about what you do for work because oh, yeah. you're so multi-passionate and so multi-talented and you have so many things going on mm-hmm. aside from the podcast. Mm-hmm. So tell us more about that. Sure. Yeah. Um, so right now, like you said, I have a lot of things that I want to do and a lot of things that I'm passionate about. Um, I'm focusing on speaking and blogging like that's like kind of my and as well as the podcast but we talked about that um but yeah I'm focusing on speaking and blogging because I feel like that is that's it's like an easier I guess or simpler I guess way to like kind of um directly get like myself out there like myself on platforms and stuff like that and also with that's like the speaking side and then with the blogging side um that includes like working with brands and like creating content for brands Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and that helps because I love writing. Like that's like probably my first passion honestly is writing. And not only will I, do I get to write for myself, but then I get to write content for brands that creates the representation that I was missing when I was growing up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, and that speaks directly to that. So that those are my two like main, um, business like venues right now I guess but yes eventually like there's going to be like books written and fashion lines done and like all the you know what I mean like it's just like all the things yeah so what has your journey been leading up to like what you're focusing on right now Mm. like what sparked that passion for writing and starting a blog yeah. And really wanting to speak and become this like advocate for self-love and, right. um, you know, owning your story. Sure. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, that's a story too. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> a story. Um, I mean, so like I started blogging because my therapist told me to, <laughs> like, I mean, not directly, but she was just like, like I would read her my journal entries in session and she'd be like, you have such an interesting voice. Like you should be a blogger. And I was like, okay, why not? And I'd heard that before from people who like read my writing and they're like, I can hear you when you write, Like, you write exactly how you talk, you know? Um, And I was like, okay, cool. So like, let me write something. And so I started blogging in like 2015 or so. And like, I don't know what I was expecting. I think I thought like one of my pieces would go viral <laughs> um, not knowing what, like, how much work it takes to actually make something go viral. You know what I mean? It's not just like a thing that happens. Um, but yeah, I was like, something's gonna go viral. I'll get paid for it, and then I'll just do that. You know, and it's not at all how it happens. And so <laughs> I wrote um, to my blog like every Thursday for a few years. I think probably about like 2017 um, is when things started to like actually start percolating for me because. 
I was in this job that I hated, like just absolutely hated. I'd been there at that point for, I think, four years and um, never liked it. Like, it was just like, anyway, I studied mechanical engineering in school. So, oh. like, oh, dang girl. Yeah, it was a different <laughs> life. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I was in this job that I hated and I, I felt myself being like, like, God, like, do you want me to go full after my blog? Like, should I keep putting everything I can into that? Or should I look for another job and like do something else? Cause like, I can't keep doing what I'm doing. This is terrible. Right. Like I was like in the middle of a depression that year, it was just like so tough. And then, um, I think maybe towards the end of 2017, I, Oh, that's what happened back to my therapist. <laughs> Literally. Like, I think that morning I had prayed and been like, God, what do you want me to do? Like, I don't know what to do. And that, night I had um a session with my therapist and I talked to her about it and she was like Fem like you already have a second job you're just half-assing it <laughs> and mm. I was like okay <laughs> you're absolutely right you're absolutely right like I have this blog I'm not really treating it like it's something you know um and so I was like okay I'm gonna go hire a career coach I'm gonna make this blog a thing I'm gonna do the whatever so I hired a career coach at the end of 2017 um like worked with her like about my blog and like read a couple books that she sent me about like um I think the first one I read was like Millionaire Messenger by Brendan Burchard yeah it's like it's just basically the idea that like everyone has a story everyone has a message everyone has like some you can be an expert on anything especially your life because you're the only one who lived it you know what I mean um and so like so I'm in this place like reading all these things and then I'm like okay I think I actually want to make this a business you know what I mean like there was some change there where it was like okay this isn't just like me being a blogger this is me like having a message it was probably when I read that book um and so like towards the end of 2017 I'm like figuring out what my message is I thought I'm trying to think what I thought oh because I I love like fashion and like styling and like things like that too so I think I thought it was like more along those lines and then I really honed into like, no, there's something here about like my own journey of going from hating myself to loving myself, Mm. you know? And so then in 2018, I like did all the paperwork, got my business together, had a a launch event. Um, that was like a half styling event, half like conversational event. Um, it was super fun. It was really great. And then I spent the next like few months building out a program because I was like, okay, well, I guess maybe I'll be a coach, you know? And so I like created this program. It was, um, called formation after the Beyonce song. (laughs) It was, um, developed to help black women realize the way that representation had, or the lack of representation had affected them in their lives and kind of heal that for themselves. It was a four week program. I was like really proud of it, put a lot of work into doing it, put a lot of work into marketing it, like just putting it out there, talking about it, like all the things. And it just like didn't sell. Like it just like, like no one cared about it at all. And like, I was like, there was one um, like thing that I had put on, it was like, um, I don't know. I think it was supposed to be like a meet and greet for like people to come and ask questions about it, like whatever. And like, no one showed up. And I remember just being like devastated, like just like crying, like, what am I doing God? Like whatever. And after some time I like realized like, okay, if I, if I'm being honest with myself, I do not really feel called to be a coach right Mm -hmm. now. I feel called to be 
in the space, like a speaker, a personality, like someone that people know. You put yourself out there, not the program, you know? Right. And so I was like, fuck, that's scary. But <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what it is, yeah. you know? And so this was probably about like June 2018 or the middle of 2018. So I like shifted my entire business model um, and like since then have been operating from that and even more like honing that like it still takes time because I was still like I said it was scary and it's still sometimes scary to be like yeah I'm a personality <laughs> like you know what I mean yeah, like it's like totally. yeah I just like talk about myself and my life and hopefully get paid for it <laughs> you know like, um but like that's that's the model that's like what yeah. we're doing so yeah, no, that's amazing yeah, yeah yeah and you do have such a like amazing story to tell and you coming from that hating yourself to loving yourself. That's mm -hmm. huge. Right. Because you, yeah. a lot of us still live in that hatred. A yeah. lot of us still live in that shame, in that like uncertainty and that unkindness with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it's a lifelong process. Mm -hmm. I want to say that too. Cause I'm like, by no means am I like, cured <laughs> like you know what I mean yeah. like I did it I love myself it's all done um yeah that's especially like when you think about like you've been beating the path in your brain for hating yourself for so long you've been beating the yeah. path in your brain for like I don't like this I don't like this comparison to yourself comparison of yourself to other people's bodies, other people's lifestyles, like whatever. And so it's going to take some time to like rework that, you know, right. like it's going to take like at least the same amount of years, if not more. Um, so that's what something I also like to bring up is just that like, this is a lifelong thing. Like, do not yeah. think that you will be done, that this is like a check mark. That, right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this is forever, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Which reminds me of, um, just a side note mm -hmm. that like we were supposed to speak on a panel together last we were. week <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I'm so bummed that mm -hmm. that got canceled mm -hmm. um, given the whole COVID-9 coronavirus, coronavirus yes. situation. Yes. So right now it is March 18th mm -hmm. and you know, we're in self quarantine and taking all the necessary precautions in San Diego mm -hmm. and I'd love to hear how, how has, has it affected you directly? Mm. Um, actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I was going to be like, no, uh, whatever. I mean, yes. I mean, the canceling of our event, right? right? Like mm -hmm. that was a huge bummer. I feel like I was honestly still in denial about it. Like I was just like, I can't even process the grieving <laughs> that needs to go on here. So I'm just right. like not even dealing with it. Um, and I think also because like just generally, honestly, since Trump came into office, I was like, I can't worry about things because like at every second, it's like, he's insulted a world leader or he's oh, tweeted yeah. like a nuclear code or he's like, you know <laughs> what I mean? And I'm like, if I, if I get worried about everything that he does or everything that happens like in the news or whatever, I will never sleep, you know, right. like I yeah. will never rest again. So <laughs> I was like, I was like, I, I just, I just take myself out of shit. Like I just don't worry about things anymore. And so with all, this whole coronavirus thing, like it's, I've heard like whispers and stuff about it since like January, but I was like, I'm not worried about it. And then it happened in like China and then it moved to Italy. And I was like, I can't deal with this. And then it's like close to home now, canceling my events and shit. And I'm like, what is that? Like, you know, like, mm -hmm. and, um, yeah. So anyway, so like, I think that it's been this weird, slow settling in that like, this is a real thing. Um, this is serious, but then also kind of like, I think what's unfortunate is all the, the hysteria and panic around it. Like, right. 
I for a long time thought that if you got the coronavirus, you died. Like me, like it was just like no question. You know what I mean? Like, and or that there was a higher likelihood that you would die. And after researching and stuff, found that like actually a lot of people survive and like get better. And it's like okay, you know. But I, but it's like that kind of thing where it's like I feel like most of the harm being done right now is in all the panic about it, is in all of the hysteria about it. Um, and so, yeah, as far as it affecting me personally, like there was, yeah, the cancellation of our event. Um, I also work the front desk at Club Pilates, um, two of the locations in San Diego. And we just decided to close the San Diego locations, I think starting tomorrow. Um, and that's like my only regular source of income right now. You know what I mean? So it's just like mm. having a lot of, I think what, what has been happening is like just having a lot of like surrender, like trying to practice surrender, trying to practice trust, trying to remember that like, I think my friend had the perfect, the perfect phrase for it. She called it like a narrowing of opportunity that we're all kind of mm. feeling like a narrowing of opportunity. And it does feel like that. It feels like, literally the walls are closing in. Like you have to stay home, <laughs> you know, right. like I'm, I'm like canceling my dating life. Like I'm like, putting it, <laughs> you know what I mean? I like, I had a date scheduled this week and I like, I'm going to have to reach out to this dude later today and be like, or he'll hear this first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, I'll have to like reach out to this dude and be like, Hey, like I'm actually going to put myself like on quarantine for a couple of months and like not expose myself to anyone new. Um, even if we were to go out to a park or an open air area, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't want to six, sit six feet away from you like right. on our date, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's just been things like that where it's, it feels, it feels again, narrowing. It feels constricting. It feels a little bit claustrophobic energetically. Yeah. And, um, so there's been a lot of like me again, practicing surrender, practicing trust, praying, um, about, and when I say, when I even like bring up God, I feel like I need to say this because like, I don't know, I just, I get triggered like with the word God and like faith and stuff like that because I grew up in the church and, um, it was harmful. <laughs> it was like, there were like toxic things. I even have a podcast about it. If you feel like listening, yeah. <laughs> you can. <laughs> um, so yeah, like, it's like more, I, when I say God, I, would even say more like spirit energy universe, like that kind of like holistic thing, but just more trusting and being like, okay, like there's something is happening here that I can lean into. You know what I mean? Like looking for what are the ways that while I'm feeling so out of control, while I'm feeling so, um, I hate the phrase, like things are being taken away from me because that makes you feel powerless, right. you know? Um, because, because you do have choice in letting the thing go. You can keep white knuckling it if you want to. Like I can keep white knuckling the fact that our event got canceled last week, you know, like I could, but I would be miserable, you know? So like, I'm choosing to let that go. I'm choosing to let go the freedom to go to my friend's house for a party. I'm choosing to let go of my dating life for a second. You know what I mean? So I like to reframe that to, um, put myself in power so that I don't mm. like sit, start feeling victim victimized and powerless and like even more sad than this sad situation already is. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm, it's just a practice and like learning for, or learning or looking for, that's it. <laughs> looking for the ways to lean in to what's yeah. happening and like, be like, how can I, how can I not even capitalize on this? Because I think sometimes that can get icky too, especially in, 
capitalism when it's like, oh, a bunch of people are scared and sad. Like, how can we make money off of this? You Mm -hmm. know, like that's not necessarily it, but like, how can I show up for people? How can I show up for myself? Um, How can I take the cues that the universe is giving me to rest, to come inward, to maybe do something in my house that doesn't feel necessarily, um, directly linked to my business but is directly linked to me like painting something for myself or writing a poem or memorizing something you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like what are the things that I can do um to make myself still feel alive while I'm like in this area quarantined yeah no (laughs) I love that and especially because you're right it's it's the media that's out there that we are consuming and that we're exposed to Mm -hmm. that like directly affect us yeah I remember I think last week was like the most like draining week yeah because it was just like emergency after emergency and I'm just like I Announcement have after, no yep. idea what's going on right mm-hmm, now and mm-hmm. like to be in that level of uncertainty and like we're all living in it yeah but it's also again like how do we navigate through this funk mm-hmm. and I I've seen so many ways that our community in San Diego have come together Mm -hmm. like supporting with like resources, especially because like schools are being canceled or like moved online and jobs, especially like, Oh, it like breaks my heart to see these like small businesses have to close their doors trying to come up with ways to like survive. Mm -hmm. Right. Because we don't know exactly how long this this is going to last. Yeah. And I think that alone is tough, but like, again, like leaning into like, what can we do? How can we innovate, like, what we're doing? Or, like, what can we offer that's mm-hmm. digital? How mm-hmm. can we still show up for our community and still provide, like, positive resources? And yeah. just just ways to keep us sane during this time, yeah. too. Um, because, yeah, I felt all of the negative energy last week. And I felt like, wow, every single thing that I was seeing was so, like, hopeless yeah Yeah. and just like yeah literally felt like oh shit like is this it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then but like controlling that and just being like you know I'm putting my phone away I'm not looking up on Twitter I'm not turning on the TV Mm -hmm. tuning into this like I'm looking for the facts and there are direct websites you could go to to look for those facts Mm -hmm. and I think it's just a matter of like again looking for the facts and also leaning into like what the universe is called for you to do at this time, mm-hmm. because rest is so important. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've all been in this season of like hustle go, go, go. and yes. like nonstop. So yes. maybe it's a great sign. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like, I saw a post, um, someone had put up last week that was like, you know, mother earth like is thankful because like everyone like there's less people on the road, which, mm-hmm. which means like less emissions mm-hmm. in the atmosphere, which means like, you know, all of these things were maybe needed. Yeah. Like it's, it's reframing again, yes. like yes. that perspective and being open to the possibilities that there is like this too shall pass. Like yeah. this, there is a brighter side at the mm-hmm. end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And so. that there can be beauty. Like, I feel like that was one of the other things that I found too was, um, with everything changing so quickly and like so rapidly and not knowing what's going on, we're all being forced to be really present. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like we all have to be like, okay, this is what's happening now. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or the next day or the next day, but this is what's happening now. And like, I think that's such a beautiful practice. And I know this gets, it's so hard when tragic things like this happen because I feel like people do, and I don't want to be one of those people that like, finding beauty in what's happening also like mitigates or like lessens the tragedy of what's happening. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want, I don't think that those need to be mutually exclusive. And I think that we can still say like, 
clearly state that like this is a sad and fucked up thing and like that it's a it's scary and that like it's sad that people are like sick and dying and like it's just really intense and also let us not especially those of us who are healthy and who are like just trying to flatten the curve by self-quarantining um let us not make it worse by like getting in our heads and making our own lives like more negative you know what I mean like I feel like there's already enough (laughs) like let's Mm -hmm. look for the beauty you know what I mean and what we can do Uh, absolutely Um, yeah that's so powerful Mm -hmm. like you said like regaining that power not Mm -hmm. feeling so powerless Mm -hmm. um speaking of power you empower your audience and the people in your community to really own their story through like owning yours Mm -hmm. and I think that's so beautiful because that was such a pivot (laughs) (laughs) it's great it's great I love that segue yeah 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 um but I'd love to just hear, like, why do you feel it's so important for you to step into this role as a public mm. figure and as an entrepreneur and as a speaker and as a podcast host? Like, you're owning all of these things, and mm-hmm. yet you do have, like, a nine-to-five job, mm-hmm. and, like, but your focus is really on building this power of yours so that you can empower your community. Yeah. I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. That's a big question. I feel like I need to, like, take a breath before yeah. even, like, answering that. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I've seen this, somebody has a quote somewhere and I've seen it like, um, in different versions everywhere, but essentially the idea of this quote is that like, when you are free, you free or when you are free to be yourself, you allow someone else to be themselves as well. Or like you free someone else to be themselves. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like if I, if we're in a conversation, maybe we just met and I tell you, that my living room is super messy and like you maybe beforehand were like oh gosh like I'm so insecure about my living room like whatever blah 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 but once you hear me say like my living room super messy you're like oh great <laughs> like this is a safe space mine is also messy you know what mm-hmm. I mean and like that is a phenomenon I've seen happen like time and time again where like as soon as someone is vulnerable and honest about like the truth of what they're going through not only is that attractive to other people but it will not even like these aren't even um opposites I was gonna say it's attractive and maybe sorry I'm like getting in my head (laughs) too many thoughts at the same time um not only is that attractive to other people but it also like frees them and I think the reason why I was having trouble trouble with that conjunction is because I think it is attractive to other people because it frees them. You know Uh, what I mean? Like mm -hmm. we are attracted to things that liberate us. We're attracted to things that give us space, give us openness, give us um, the permission to be like ourselves. Um, And so I do it because I can, (laughs) like honestly, like, because I'm like, I have very little shame. (laughs) I have like, very little, like, I'm aware of what people, like, are saying about me, think about me, like, I'm emotionally attuned, you know what I mean? But I also, like, it's easier for me not to care, or to put that aside, and that's, I think, like, a personality thing. Have you ever heard of the Enneagram? Yes. Okay. Yes, I have. I have yet to do it, which I think I will during this quarantine. You should, yes, (laughs) you should. Tell me what you get. Tell me what you get. What, What are you? I'm an eight. I'm an eight. So the eights are like, um, I've heard them termed like the masculine energy of the Enneagram. Like they're kind of, they're really straightforward. They're really bold. They're usually loud. They're very direct, honest, um, 
loyal protector. Like they're just like, they're just kind of like, ha, <laughs> like, you know, it's a lot of energy, but like they protect the reason why they're like so out and bold and have this like strong exterior is because they like have a very vulnerable interior, like an Ooh. inner child kind of situation. And so there's a lot of like protecting that. Um, and the interesting thing about me being an eight too, is that like eights in general tend to not like vulnerability. They don't like weakness. They don't like just showing like any sort of like, yeah, weak link. Um, and I've made my business to be vulnerable. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like that still makes sense though when I think about it because a couple years ago I realized that like true strength is vulnerability. Like mm. true power is in surrender, you know? And so like even my therapist I feel like was confused a little bit for a little about like my number because she was like you're an eight, you're an eight but like you're you go towards your emotions so much you know and like eights tend to not um and I'm like yeah but even me going towards my emotions is a search for power <laughs> you know what I mean like <laughs> it's still like it's still like me going towards surrender because I know surrender is powerful you know mm -hmm. um so anyway so yeah and just I brought that up because eights also tend to not really care what people think of them. There's like maybe a few like core people that they'll be like, okay, I will take your opinion like into, into consideration. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, as I decide what I want to do, but most of the time I just do what I want to do, you right. know? And, um, so I put myself out there because I'm like, I know that I can handle this. Like I know that I can handle if someone disagrees with me or like calls me, dumb or like some name or something like that you know what I mean like I can handle the rigors of being a public figure and so why not do it especially if that will liberate me as I liberate other people do you know what I mean mm. like and I'm I'm very convinced that our liberation is tied together like all of ours and so I'm like if I can like yeah again like if I can free myself to myself and put that out there and that frees somebody else that like also frees me back you know what I mean yeah. like so it's like this interactive and interdependent um work that I am like super passionate about doing because I'm like very invested in like everyone's liberation basically yeah, yeah. No, that's mm -hmm. amazing and it's like it's a synergy that you create because you do create a safe space when mm -hmm. when you speak when you show up on your stories when you show up on Instagram and social media and especially like during this time I feel yeah. like it's so important to shed light on like how you're dealing with things mm -hmm. and like how you're navigating through all of this craziness yeah. and just like being real about it right mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I feel for the longest time like maybe social media, especially like on Instagram, there was maybe in the last like three, four years, it's all just been like the same type of content, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which was very yes. bothersome for me. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I am so tired to the point where I felt like I needed to show up like that as yeah, well. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And I felt the pressures of like, Oh, I gotta like, hold on guys. Yes. Do not eat your food. <laughs> yes. Do not move. Yes. I dressed up for brunch today. Y'all like yeah. take a photo of me. Pictures, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so there, there was that pressure, but I feel like now people are coming to the realization that like, that's all so fake. Yeah that it's like, it's so important to show up for yourself and like as yourself. And it's like, I'm tired of seeing like people like try and sell something to me Yeah, when it's yeah, just yeah. like, just, just you know. be. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that you mentioned that too. Cause yeah, I recently actually just realized that like in my own business where like I looked at the pictures that I was taking 
And I was like, I feel like I'm mimicking what I've seen on social media already, which is a bunch of thin white women, like wearing an outfit, maybe, maybe a, like slightly cuter than what you would wear any day. You know what I mean? It's like, it's very accessible, but just, just a little bit out of reach, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like holding coffee and they're smiling and they're like, whatever. And that works for them. And there's a market for them. And that's why it's like been so successful. Um, but I realized that I was trying to do the same thing that I was mm -hmm. trying to put together an outfit that was like cute, but not like too over the top and like go walk outside and smile and like do like hand under the chin pose and like that yeah. kind of thing, you know? <laughs> and recently, well, a, I was like looking back at my, um, my posts and my numbers and like seeing what was like most popular, like what tends to work, um, with my audience and found that like my most, well, it's interesting because like most of my pictures that do really well are like me in yellow and smiling. Like that works, <laughs> you know, which is great. Like yellow, like smiling. Perfect. <laughs> um, but the picture that I have that's like the most popular is from Halloween 2016. Like before I even like had a business, whatever, I had dressed up as a witch, <laughs> um, but not like your stereotypical witch. It was kind of like a nature earthy like witch or whatever. So I still wore like this long black dress and had my like gray twists like super long and mm. did like kind of dark, scary makeup, but like scary, beautiful. And I was like in this tree, just kind of like staring intently at the camera straight, oops, sorry, um, straight faced. And that picture did the best of like any picture that I've ever posted. It's not on brand. It's not my colors. I'm not smiling. Like, you know what I mean? Any yeah. of that. But when I was talking to an influencer coach, um, she was like, I think that this picture did so well because of the whimsy in it, because like, I love Halloween. It's my favorite, it's my favorite holiday. Yeah. Um, because I love getting dressed up and I love being extravagant and I love like that whole thing. And she was like, I feel like that this picture resonated because of all of the whimsy. And so I was like, you know what, fam? I think that makes sense. Like, I think that you need to stop trying to limit yourself to these like cute outfits. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. These like coffee poses or whatever and like do weird shit. Like, you know, <laughs> like I just did, um, a bumble, a bumble post and like, they sent me a bunch of merch and I was like, okay, yeah, I could definitely like wear a sweater, wear jeans, like go sit in a coffee shop and just like whatever. And I was like, no, but I want to wear all yellow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I want to do like something insane and do like mad yellow makeup and like be like kind of crazy. And it worked. It like resonated really well. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I think to your point too, it's like, doing what is authentic to you. If you are that woman that's you're like, this feels good to me to like wear these like cute outfits and go take pictures with star at Starbucks or like at a coffee shop or whatever. Um, that's great. But if it is you to like wear a gown in the middle of a gas station or something like that, you know, like yeah. then do that. Or if it is you to like not worry about your grid at all and to just like post what is real, what is life, post an empty picture. This is, I might start doing this because like, you know, everyone posts the picture of food at like before you like make everyone stop eating so that you can like take the yeah. pictures, right? I always forget to do that. And I always like post or take a picture like either when I'm halfway through yeah. or afterwards. <laughs> and I'm like, maybe I should start posting that. You know what I mean? It'd be like, I was too hungry. I didn't <laughs> think about I taking a picture. It. You know? You try it <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was super good. This is how good it was, yeah. you know? That you can't see it. Um, yeah. So anyway, like you said, like if you if do whatever is authentic to you, because you're right, like I think people are super perceptive 
Um, even though like, I think there's a lot of, uh, like maybe business teachings that say the opposite, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that people are actually really perceptive. I think that they know when they're being sold something. Um, and I think they know when they're being told the truth. And like, I think that everyone is hungry for vulnerability. Everyone is hungry for honesty. Like I say this all the time, but I feel like that's why, um, Instagram stories did so well is because like, we just want to live life next to each other. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. We want the behind the scenes. We want the, like, just just seeing each other in our regular, like, day-to-day because that's what we're wired for, you know? Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm like, as, as long as you're doing what's authentic to you, it's going to work, mm-hmm. you know? I love that. Yeah. I love that. So how do you connect with your community? How do you reach out to new people that you want to, like, collaborate with? How do you put yourself out there? Mm -hmm. Because it's easy to like show up on social media, but it's also like one thing to like find and build that community. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of it is like emails, right? Because it's just most convenient. Like you can send an email anytime um, and like try to make a connection that way. It is also the least... I would say effective, (laughs) you know, like I feel like, and I was going to say, maybe this is just for me, but I feel like this is for most people, especially most people in this uh, sphere is that like your, if your personality is the connection, if your personality is the like thing, like you need to get somebody on the phone or you need to see them in person. Like Mm. those are going to be the things that get you. Um, so what I usually try to do is I'll send an email if there's no way or no like event on the calendar or whatever, where I can like be in the same space as that person, I'll try to schedule a phone call with them, um, so that they can at least hear my voice, hear, like hear my personality through that, you know? Um, the best way I would say is like going to events like that Mm -hmm. has been my favorite thing to do. And that's hard when it's like, you know, maybe you're not wanting to spend like $300 on a conference ticket or, um, if you do have like a nine to five job and you're like, I can't make it to this event at 11 AM on a Tuesday, <laughs> like, right. you know, um, but like finding the events that you can, there are free events. Um, there are events on weekends or are events at night, you know what I mean? Going to as many of those as you can. And just like, just showing up like, like literally, and like not just showing up like physically, but like be there in this space, you know, like, when I went to the My Body, My Home event in LA like a couple weekends ago, it was, I mean, I was, it was beautiful. I was overwhelmed. Like, honestly, I like, I had to put myself in time out for a second to just like breathe because I was like so excited. There were so many people there who I follow on Instagram and like love and like all that stuff. And so I was like, okay, fam, just like, take some time. You're in a really good place. I know you're excited. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Just like take some time to breathe and then go find like one person to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was also really helpful to like, if you really need to like take a friend with you, because maybe your friend, especially if you have a friend who's like more gregarious or outgoing or like what, you know what I mean? Or has nothing to lose even like, um, that was one of the benefits for me going to that last event. I went with two friends and one of them, just like was meeting all of her favorites and all of her favorites were my favorites. So like when she was talking to someone, I just like slide up and be like, (laughs) Hey, I know her. So (laughs) like, what are you guys talking about? Like, you know, like, um, and so like, yeah, just like getting in front of people, I think is the way to do it. And like, I think you also have to let go of like the idea that you know how that connection is going to play out. You know what I mean? I feel like when I, when I first started my business and even now it's still a practice 
to release control of like, oh, I met that person in person and we had this great connection, but they didn't call me back in a week or two weeks. Like what happened and get mad and start like making up stories about them or yourself or like your mission or like whatever, you know what I mean? Like I feel like you, you never know what could happen. Like something they could be putting on an event in like six months and remember you, you know, and be like, and like, there's something to be said for staying top of mind for people. So like kind of sending out like little touching, touching base things, like wanting to see how you're doing, like whatever. Um, but yeah, you just never know how things are going to play out. Like my Bumble posts I got from the woman who, um, like does like social media stuff for like Bumble in San Diego. And I had no idea that she was anyone that could help me that could like work with me or would want me to work for them or whatever. But she saw me speak at an event and then we happened to go get dinner like afterwards with like my friends. And then I get an email from her like a week later. That's like, Hey, like, would you like this opportunity? You know? And I like, I had no idea. So it's like, you just have to be like, you have to be really, really open to, uh, things happening in ways that you didn't expect and also maybe things not happening in the ways mm. that you did expect, you know? Yeah. I love that. I love that. We're getting so close to wrapping up the podcast uh, and so it is, you know, the end of women's history month mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we released this project highlighting women who are in their power. I feel like a lot of women, tie their worth with like their job titles Mm. with like how people perceive them which is why we wanted to create this project to reflect that like our power as women is what we have inside Mm -hmm. it's what we feel is our power Mm -hmm. it's not how others define us Mm -hmm. so i'd love to know what is your power oh wow (laughs) (laughs) oh that's a big one um i think this is i think this is one that like I don't know. Cause you can like, you can name things about yourself, right? You're like, mm-hmm. I'm powerful because I'm intelligent. I'm powerful because I can, I have, I know I do have like the skill of like communicating complex topics in an accessible way. You know what I mean? There's like that. But then there's also, I think the practice that I always go back to of like, I am and therefore I'm powerful. You know what I mean? Or I am, therefore I'm loved. Like there's, there's no, it's not like I'm valuable or I'm worthy because I'm this or because I'm that, like whatever, just being like, I am and that's it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like, I think then my power would be that to just, just being like being is my power. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like the ability to be with myself, to be with what's around me, to be with other people, to be in the moment, um, that is like, that is my power. I love that. I love that. Why do you think it's important for women to own their power? Mm, mm, Yeah. Um, oh man, this is is, okay. (laughs) I feel like every question you ask, I'm like, (laughs) um, why do I think it's important for women to own their power? I mean, like just, okay. Women, um, I think just generally have been treated like second class citizens. And I'm going to take out, I think, from that statement because it's true. (laughs) Like it just is. Um, And I think when you are in a world, in a society, in a city, in a culture that is hellbent on you being second, on you putting yourself second, on stripping you of your power, on telling you that you are less than and that you are powerless and that you cannot take up space. 
Um, and that if you do take up space, it has to be like a two dimensional version of yourself with like this size measurements and like, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. this kind of hair, like whatever it becomes like absolutely imperative for you to know your own power. Otherwise you will disappear yourself. Like Mm. the process of like all of this, like racism, misogyny, objectification, like all of this is taught to us and becomes internalized when you are on the, the receiving the brunt end of that. So it's like all people of color are dealing with internalized racism all people generally are dealing with like racism being taught to us. It just like gets internalized for people of color. Same thing for misogyny where it's like both men and women and non-binaries have been taught misogyny, but for women it gets internalized because I'm in a female body. You know what I mean? And so, and when I brought up objectification, it's the same thing where it's like, if you are objectified, which you are just being here, being a woman um, enough you turn that gaze on yourself, you know what I mean? Mm. And you start to, you start to objectify yourself. You start to like piece out parts of yourself, which is like when I hear women say things like, I don't know, like it's just so bizarre to me now. I understand it like from before when I used to be in this mindset, but like saying things like, Oh, I wish I had her ass or I wish I had Mm. her arms or I wish I had like her flat stomach or whatever, like literally cutting up the body, you know, like, um, and trying and wanting to like assemble it in some sort of Frankenstein way into your ideal like self, you know, that is all out of objective objectification. And so like, the process of objectification is disappearing your personhood. Like that's like what objectification is. Right. And so I'm like, again, if you don't know your own personal power in being and like being a whole being that deserves space, deserves love, deserves to be seen, deserves to be held just because you exist, then you will objectify yourself and you will disappear yourself and you will do everything that you can externally to try to make yourself or to convince yourself and other people that you're worth being here. You know what I mean? Um, and that's an, that's an exhausting practice, you know, like, um, to try to like affix all of these things to your external or to gain all these accolades, gain all these degrees, gain all this like, um, respect, whatever, so that you can convince yourself that first and foremost that you are, that you deserve being here, you know? Um, so yeah, I think it's important for women to develop and find and like own their personal power so that we put that weight down so that we like stop this internal and external rat race of trying to like gain and grab all these things. I think Brene Brown calls it hustling for worthiness. Um, and I love that. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's like, you don't, you don't need, you don't need to do any of that. And the world, everyone else will tell you in a million ways that you do. And so, um, in order to give yourself rest, you have to know your own personal power and know that you are just good in how you are, how you show up. Damn girl. That was so powerful. Just everything you said, I'm like, yes, girl, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, that was seriously so great. And, um, before we go to our very last question, mm-hmm. um, I'd love to ask you, what is a piece of advice you would give to just aspiring entrepreneurs, speakers, mm-hmm. people who look up to you? Mm-hmm. What is something that you'd like to share? Oh man. Uh, keep going. I think like, which is also me talking to myself, honestly. <laughs> um, like if you, if you really have, like, 
I think I said this at my last speaking event, but like that entrepreneurship is hard. It is batshit crazy. It doesn't look at all like you would expect it to look, especially at the beginning when you're like, I think I wrote a tweet like years ago that was like, starting your own business is like trying to find your way through the Amazon jungle at night armed with a spork. <laughs> like, you know, like, it's like, that's all you have. <laughs> like, you know, oh, and I think I added like, oh, and also you're a baby. Like, it's like, <laughs> it's just like, it's just a lot of things feel stacked against you, you know? Um, but if you like have a passion, like, and you have to have that passion in order to be an entrepreneur. Um, and you only know, like, if you really like have it, like, and you'll be able to tell because you'll be frustrated that you can't give up your passion, that you can't like just go do something else. You know what I mean? I've been there. Um, so I'm like, if you have that passion, that drive, you're like, there's something that I need to put out in the world. Like, please keep doing it because you're right. <laughs> like we need you. We need whatever it is that you have inside of yourself, um, to come out. And so, my advice would be, please keep going. It's going to be hard. People are going to tell you no. You are going to tell yourself no. Um, you're going to feel like there's no point. You're going to feel unseen. You're going to feel like like, like other people are doing it. And so why do you need to do it, you know? Um, and I would just please ask you to take breaks when you need, like if you need to like have a day where you watch Netflix, that's fine. If it needs to be two days, that's fine. If it needs to be a week, that's okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but like, please don't stop. Like don't give up because again, like we need what it is that you are putting out there. I know we do, even though I don't know you, I know we need it. <laughs> I love that mm -hmm. you just giving the permission for people to show up and to, to be accepting of themselves and their story and where they're at. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like, yeah, we feel guilty when we do like indulge in Netflix yeah. for a day or even a week, mm -hmm. but it's like you, you give people the permission to do so. And I feel like that's what we need is just more permission slips. Like, yes. you know what? Like you don't need to feel guilty or shame for something that makes you feel good, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know? And also, sorry, do you mind if I just... No, please, <laughs> go ahead. I was going to say, like, and also, A, like, guilt and shame doesn't help anything. Like, mm -hmm. it, I, like we've been taught a lot that, like, shame, shame is a good motivator, and it does help get the job done in a way, but that place that the job is getting done from is not from love. It's, it's from fear and, like, scarcity and, like, you know what I mean? And that runs out, you know? And so, like, yeah, like, yes, you do need to do work, but, like, if you, again, like, need that day, like, okay, don't, don't shame yourself for it because you're just piling on top of already, like, not doing the work. You know what I mean? Right. Like, just own it and, like, trust your own process. Like, one of the, I listened to this podcast from, I think, like, Super Soul Sundays or something with mm -hmm. Oprah, and um, she was interviewing the author of a book that I really wish I knew the name of. It's, like, a, it's a really popular book. <laughs> anyway, it's fine. Um, but this woman, the, the podcast was called The Humble Path to Greatness or something like that. So if you want to look it up, you can. Um, but she was just talking about, like, her own process of writing the book and how she would get down on herself for, like, having days where she, like, didn't do it, whatever. And, like, she would get so mad that this book wasn't written yet. But then once it was, she looked back and was like, I needed those days, though. I needed the days of not doing anything. I needed the days to – she had just recently lost her mother, I think. And so she's like, I needed the days to grieve my mother. Mm -hmm. I needed the days to, like, get caught up in my own hubris and not actually do anything. <laughs> you know what I right. mean? Like, because it all brought me to this point where, like, 
nothing nothing else mattered but getting this book out, you know? Mm. And so just remembering that for your own process. It's like, yes, okay, take your day off, but also remember to do work, but also be, remember to take care of yourself and also trust your own process, you know? Like, and yeah. that's the hardest part is being like, is this ever going to happen? <laughs> is right. this ever going to work for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, that, sorry, just one more thing to remember is just that like um, your definition of success will keep changing as you grow. Um, so like you might right now be like, oh, I wish I was making $5,000 a month. Like once I get there, then I'll know that I've made it. And trust me, once you are making $5,000 a month, there's going to be other expenses. There's going to be other opportunities. There's going to be like other things grabbing your attention. And so if you don't, if you don't take the time to be like right now is good, where I am right now is good. Then where you are will never be good. Like that, Mm -hmm. like forward progression will never be enough for you and you'll never be happy or satisfied. Um, So I think that's also something to remember too, is just to be like, look at what's around you right now and be like, this is good. And also I'm still working for more, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. I actually recently heard on Rachel Hollis's um, podcast. I think it was something that her and her husband recorded Mm -hmm. like last year, but it was basically like every level up in your life is going to require a whole new like level of shit you Mm -hmm. have to deal with, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And it's Mm -hmm. just like, you're right. Like, just being in like where you are now being present, accepting that like, this is what you have yeah, and this is what you can like accept. Yeah. And then like, you know, understanding like what the next level up is going to look like, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. just like, you know, we all dream of so many like riches and yes, luxuries. Yes. Right? Yes. But it's Millionaire, also, mm-hmm. like car house, like that whole exactly. thing. But then you have to clean that house and you have to like take care of that car. And you likely have to be like, I follow, um, I think it's really good to you to maybe follow people that you want, that are doing what you want to do. Mm. Um, because like I follow Lovey Ajayi, for example, like I'm obsessed with her. She's great. And I remember one post she did about like, it was like her flat, like face down on the couch or something. And she'd been in like 10 cities and like four days and like back to back all of a sudden she's like, I'm exhausted, you know? And I, it took me like, I just like listened and like took that in and was like, okay, fam, like, that's it. Like you're going to, you want, you want your calendar to be full of like booking and like speaking opportunities and stuff. And that's true. Just remember also that there, like you will be tired. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're going to be making all this money and you might also like be tired, but like there's, that's what you want to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like keeping in mind the reality that, like you said, as you level up, there's going to be new shit, but you, you want that shit. <laughs> like, yeah, you want, exactly. you want all of it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's definitely a mindset for sure. Mm-hmm, and just mm-hmm. preparing yourself for that. Um, I feel like we could talk for ages. Yeah, for sure. I know. <laughs> Cut me off. <laughs> well, before I do, um, obviously I feel like there's just a lot of power in sharing space mm-hmm. and sharing conversation and just, you know, for you to share all of your stories and your experiences with me, it means a lot. And that's why I started this podcast, mm-hmm. Coffee and Convos, so we could really share in conversation about what's happening, how you navigate through your life so you can, because you inspire me, girl. Mm-hmm. Like Thank I, you. every wow. single guest that's <laughs> on here, like has impacted my personal life in some mm-hmm. way, you know, like just, just watching other people in our community, just own their shit. Mm-hmm. Like just, just to see them thrive in their yeah. own way is so inspiring and yeah. it keeps me going, you know, mm-hmm. again, it's that synergy that you're mentioning. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. but anyhow, I'm getting way ahead of myself. <laughs> and, um, again, I, 
I, there's so much power and conversation and connection. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to know if you could have a coffee and convos or a Femio podcast with anybody, oh, yeah. who would it be? Oh man. Oh, that's hard. Okay. <laughs> Probably. Oh, this is so cliche, but like, I think Oprah, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like she just, or even I, if, if we could do like a three-way thing with like me, Oprah and Michelle Obama, like, you know what I mean? Cause I just listened to a podcast, a recording with Michelle Obama and Oprah and like, it's the live so one from good. Brooklyn. Yes, yes, okay. yes. I was like these, like it just, I just, I'm just so blown away by these women and the expanse of their minds and like how much wisdom, especially with Oprah. My favorite thing about her is that she like just soaks things in, you know what I mean? She's like forever learning and forever open and like forever. Um, she just, she literally just asks questions. That's like what she does. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And it like, it like not only results in like her creating her own personal power, but again, also empowering others as we just talked about, like that is like a synergetic like experience, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I would love to sit and talk to Oprah, I think. I think that would be, like, a really beautiful that would be conversation. Amazing. Yes. I'm here for it. Whenever yeah. it happens. I was going to say, there. putting it out in the universe. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> going to happen. Yes, yes, absolutely. And for those who'd like to keep up with what you're doing, yes. where can they find you? What's your website, your social media? For sure. Oh. Yeah. Um, so, website is www.femio.com. Um, Instagram is at Femio. That's F-E-M-I-O. IO for all of this. Um, the podcast is the Femio podcast. You can search it on Apple podcasts or Spotify. Um, and then I also have been doing makeup for people like in the San Diego area. I also do virtual tutorials, which might be good during this like quarantine time. (laughs) Um, so if like you've got like an event coming up and I also like to infuse, kind of my like self-love like messaging into my makeup tutorials and stuff or like makeup sessions. Um, so we'll like talk about like what's going on with you or if you need an affirmation or if you need like tips or anything like that, like I will also offer that. Um, and you can just DM me on Instagram to like find, to like set up a uh, time and like booking and like all of that stuff. But yeah, that's kind of, I think those are like my main things right now Instagram's the biggest one like that I'm on there all the time so like come hang out with me (laughs) yeah thank you so much Femi Mm -hmm. I really appreciate you thank you so much Alyssa for having me this was so good I loved it right bye guys hi bye everyone Thank you all for tuning in to the Coffee Convos podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please rate us and leave us a review on the podcast platform you're streaming on. Our team would greatly appreciate it. The Coffee Convos podcast is produced by Futures Past, and our original theme song is produced by Sounds by DJ.